Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. to the book of Hebrews chapter 6, and this is going to be the foundation of what we talk about today. This is Paul talking to uh, a group of Hebrews, and he's sharing with them about faith. This whole subject that he's talking about is having great faith, and this is what he says. He says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. I want to say that again. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, what did God promise? I'm going to give you all a quick timeline so you all can follow me and flow with me here. This is how the timeline works. Abraham waited 25 years to receive the promise. What did God promise? Well, he was 75 years old when God said, leave your native land, go somewhere. I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make your descendants famous. I'm going to increase you. At this time, the man was 75 years old, had no children. And God is saying to him, one, leave your land where you grew up. Everybody knows your name. You know who got what and who doesn't have what. Go, leave the place you're familiar with. Go, and I'm going to increase your, 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 your descendants. He's like, descendants? Wait, wait. First of all, I'm 75 years old. We've been trying this for, for as long as you gave me the equipment to use it, and it hadn't worked yet. So you're going to wait till I'm 75 to start? Okay. 75 is when God tells him this. Then he's still waiting, age 85. His wife gets impatient. She says, hey, you know, you getting old. You might die soon. You know, we need to kind of try a little bit harder. Start praying to your God or something and see if he'll hook us up. Didn't happen. So he says, so Sarah's like, you know what? Let's go ahead and follow custom. Custom says, and it's okay that you can sleep with my servant, get her pregnant, and then we can adopt the child. That's custom. It's okay. It's completely legal. So, Abraham being a man, you think he said no? Absolutely not. He's like, bet. Hey, God, let's go. Hook it up. Let's do this thing. So, at age 85, after he received the call to go and do something, he was 75, waited for 10 years. Sarah gets impatient. He sleeps with Hagar. Watch this. He's still waiting. 86, she, beca- she gives birth to their son. 86 years old, they, give, he, they, give, they have Ishmael. And I'll tell you all the story about Ishmael. Watch this. Then, 99 years old, God comes and says, okay, listen, I know you've been waiting, and you've been waiting patiently. Tell you what, man, 
Count, go out, count the stars. This is how many of your descendants. Just count as many as you can. I'm going to give you that many descendants. Just, just do what I say. As a matter of fact, what I'm getting ready to hook you up with, you can't even go as Abram. I'm about to change your name to Abraham because it's going to be totally different. They can't even connect you with this dude, Abram, because what I'm getting ready to do, they have to know it was somebody totally different. So he changes this at 99. He says, I'm going I'm I'm to get your wife pregnant. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. Seriously? Even she thought it was funny. So she's laughing, and God is like, what are you, what are you laughing at? You don't think that I'm not a big God, that I can do anything and everything? And so, 99, he makes that promise with them, make a covenant. Here it is. Here's the final one. Finally, at 100, 25 years later, age 100, 75, he told him he was going to do this. He waited 25 years before he could actually have his own son with his wife. Now, for the record, as I look up, around this room. 25 is like some of y'all are barely 30 right now. So imagine 25 years. God is saying, you've been, you, you, you're 30 years old. And God is saying, okay, you're 30 so-and-so. You're going to have to wait till you're 55 before I hook you up. Some of y'all lose your mind just with the thought of it right now. This man waited patiently for 25 years before God fulfilled the, th- uh, uh, the promise that he told him he was going to keep. And then he did it. I want to share something with you. Waiting is one of the hardest principles or disciplines in the Christian life. Waiting is one of the hardest disciplines of Christian life. See, it's easy to say I have faith. It's easy to say I I trust God. But the waiting part is where we're challenged. The waiting part is when we're tested. The waiting part is actually even where we grow, but we have to wait. And I'm going to use this example of Sarah and show you what happens when we don't wait, when we step out of line. I want to share this quote with you real quick. I shared it last week. George McDonald said this, patience is the principal part of faith. Patience is the principal part of faith. If you say you have faith, then you must exercise patience. All of us have the gift of patience. We just need to exercise that gift. I want to share this. When God says go, we must go without reservation, without hesitation. But when he says wait, we must do it patiently. This story of Abraham is all about patience. As I read the story of Abraham, which goes from uh, Genesis 12 all the way to 21, I realized some things. There were some four revelations that I want to share with you all today. There were many others, but there were four that I really drive home, that drove home in my spirit that I'm going to share with you all today. The four revelations of Abraham's life. The very first one I want to share with you, we find it uh, right from the first introduction of this man named Abram at the time in Genesis 12, 1 through 4. The very first thing I want to share with you is God's timing is not our timing. God's timing is not our timing. I was so puzzled as I read this. I was talking to my wife. I says, what did Abram do for 75 years before God spoke to him? I couldn't find it. I was just puzzled. It it kept me up. It kept me like in the middle of the night. I says, I'm going to check this uh, uh, commentary. I'm going to check that commentary. I could not. What did he do for 75 years? Couldn't find an answer. It bugged me out. And why did God wait till the man was 75 
years to say, hey, I'm going to bless you 25 years from now. But you got to do some things. If I could share with y'all, and I will later on, this brother went through some hell and back in those 25 years. He fought wars. He rescued his nephew who was kidnapped. He did some amazing things in these 25. He went through some stuff in order to see the dream realized, to see the dream, the promise come to realization. He went through some things. So let me share this scripture with you. Genesis 12, 1 through 4. It reads this, and it's in your notes. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Now, that's an important thing. I want, I want to stop right there. Why leave your family? Why leave your native lamb, land? Why leave your father's family? Let me share this with you. This is really, this was a turning point for me as I read this. Abram's family, they were all idolatrous. They were idol worshipers. He had to separate himself from them in order just to hear clearly from God. He had to get away from the distractions of his family and what they believed, what their belief system was, in order to hear what God wanted him to do. In order for God to fulfill the promises, he had to get away from all the distractions. And the main distractions were his family. Go to the land. Leave your native land and go to the land that I'm promising you. Right? Okay, so let's finish it. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. All the families on earth, not all the families in your neighborhood, not all the families at your church, not all the families in your country, all the families on earth are going to be blessed because of you if you just go, get away from your family, drop everything. Now, it's going to take me about 25 years for that to happen, but Abram didn't know that. He didn't know that. He stepped out on faith, and very open scripture that I share with you in Hebrews is proof that God did indeed make him famous. Because throughout Hebrews, watch this, throughout the entire book of Hebrews, Paul constantly quotes and points back to Abram as a man of great faith. We'll get into that a little bit later. I don't want to get off track here. God's timing is not like our timing, but God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. Peter reminds us in uh, 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9, it says this, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends, this one thing. The one thing you cannot forget, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for his sake. No, 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 no. He's being patient for your sake, for your sake. Watch this. We look at this, and the first thing, when I read this, I'm like, 75 years? You're going to wait 75 years to tell my wife and I that we can come together? We've been trying for as long as you've allowed us to legally do this, and you're going to wait till I'm 75 years? I'm not even handsome as I was back in my youth. She's sagging in certain areas that I didn't know she could. Things have changed, and now you're trying to tell me that we're going to have a baby at 75? Huh? I thought about that, and then I read Second Peter, and I said, you know what? He was an infant in the eyes of God. I thought about that. I was like, 75, but 
in, in the eyes of God, because he doesn't see time and stuff the way we see it. In the eyes of God, he was an infant. He wasn't 75. He was still young in the eyes of God because our timing is not like his. God doesn't operate on timelines and, and time zones and, and deadlines. God's timing is different than ours. And I think if we get that concept first, waiting becomes so much easier. Some of y'all sitting in this room right now feel like I've been waiting for 10, 15, 20 years. Some of y'all been sitting, sitting in this room right now. I've been waiting all month. I've been waiting all year to hear this news or to get that news, to get the promotion, to move here, for my husband or my wife to do this or that. And, it's, and, and you're like, I've been waiting long enough. And God is like, no, you haven't. You just started waiting. Because in your, in your, in, in, in your, in your eyes... Your carnal eyes, your earthly eyes, it seems like a long time. But in God's eyes, you just started the process, baby. Wait on the Lord. Patience, patience. That's the first note I want to share with you all. Our timing is not like God's timing. The second thing I want to share with you all is <laughs> based upon what I've read here. And it, it hit me like a, it hit me hard. I had to really exegete this. The second note is you will have doubts. You will have doubts. Can I share something with y'all? As Christians, we feel it to be so taboo to say we are people of great faith, but we doubt. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I, I don't doubt. Let's be honest. Can, can we be real? We all have doubts while we're waiting. Abraham or Abram, he certainly did, right? And he's listed in Hebrews 11. Uh, as in, in, in the book of the hall, the, fall, the hall of Fame of Faith, he's listed as one of those great men of faith. Several times throughout the Bible, they point to Abraham when you think of somebody with great faith. But, my brothers and sisters, he had doubts. How do I know? Well, let's go to Scripture. You don't have to believe me. This ain't the book of Broderick. This is Genesis 15, verse 1 through 3. Watch this. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Can I, I just want to, I want to, I want to, listen, I'm about to, I'm about to set this up for you. Can I tell you what happened right before this? Watch what happened. Right before this, the chapter before this, he had been traveling with his nephew Lot, whom he and his wife had practically been raising. And they separate, they go to separate, you know, all his land was promised to him. And they decide, you know what, our cattle are getting mixed up, our, our livestock is getting mixed up, and people are getting confused. Your servants are fighting with my servants, and we don't need this, man. We're family. So I'll tell you what, brother, all the land is good. It's promised to us. What do you want? So Lot picks out some land in the lower valley. He goes to that land, and, 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 and the king of Sodom attacks him, takes his livestock, takes his women, takes his loot, takes all of that stuff, and even takes Lot. Well, one of the servants escaped from Lot's crew, and he goes and tells, uh, he goes and, and, and tells Abram, he says, yo, they just kidnapped, listen, they just, they just kidnapped your, your, your nephew. They took all of his stuff. So Abram's like, yo, I only got about 300 trained men, only 300. Their army is big. These people go to war. I'm not even a warrior. We don't even get down like that. But I got about 300 people that can squabble a little bit. 
So I'm going to take my 300 and the faith I have in God, and I'm going to go get my nephew, and I'm going to claim all my stuff back. What does he do? He takes the 300. They go to a wreck shop. Boom, 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 boom. He gets a lot. He gets the, the, the loot. He gets the possessions. He gets his servants. He brings them all back. Bam. So watch this. Watch what happens here. King of Sodom comes, right? And he says, hey, man, listen, that was cool what you did. That was sweet. You got, you got some skills. Tell you what. Just give me the servants that you kidnapped, and you can keep all the money you took. Keep, keep, keep all the money you took. Just give me the servants. I need them. They're more valuable. What does Abram do? Nah, no thank you. No thank you. Why did he do that? Because he knew that if he accepted whatever the king of Sodom had given him, then now he is in relationship with them, and he's under his authority like his nephew was. Now they're in some kind of bond together because he took something. He, took, he, he made an agreement. You, 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 I'll give you something, you take it. That means we have a situation. We have some kind of relationship. He didn't do that. So then when I read this, it says, Abram, watch this. Abram was there. The Lord spoke to him in a vision and says, Abram, do not fear. My question when I read this was like, well, what is he fearing? Is he fearing retaliation from King Sodom? And as I read this, the answer is clearly no. What he was fearing was, I'm at a point in my life that if you don't give me a son, my slave is going to inherit all of my wealth. I'm not worried about Sodom. You helped me destroy him. I was severely outnumbered. You helped me kick his tail. I'm not worried. What I'm fearing is you fulfilling the promise, homeboy. What is that? Doubt. That's doubt. This man listed in the Bible as a man of great faith had doubt. I'm about to make y'all feel really comfortable, okay? I'm going to help y'all out. Watch this. It's okay to have doubt. Watch this. There's a difference between the doubt that denies God's promises and the doubt that desires God's promises. And the doubt that desires God's promises is what we're reading about here. You got to understand, he went to the Lord. He said, God, listen, I've been waiting. It's been going on for a while. It's been over a decade. I've been waiting, waiting patiently, right? Now, my faith is a little bit shaky right now. So, can you remind me of that promise one more time? Can you help me increase and strengthen my faith while I wait? He didn't go with the doubt that destroys or dishonors or discredits God's promise. He went saying, God, I'm a little bit shaky in my faith, and I'm, I need you to help me strengthen it. I believe what you said is going to happen. You've shown me how you've blessed us so far. You've protected us. You've provided for us. I've increased my wealth. I believe that. But right now, in this moment, my faith is a little shaky. So, oh, sovereign God, if you would, make a covenant with me. Show me. I, I need a son. I'm asking the specific prayer. You, 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 you said you're going to bless me with a son. You have given me no descendants of my own. So one of my servants will be my heir is what he was concerned with. That was what he feared. God felt that in his heart. He saw that in the heart of Abram. And so if we read further, and I didn't share this with you because we, it would, we, we'd run out of time here. If you read further, God makes a covenant with them at this point. He makes a covenant. They, they go through a ritual. God makes a covenant. I'm going to keep my promise. Just wait a little bit longer. Just wait a little bit longer. So, again, the first thing is God's timing is not our timing. 
The second revelation about Abraham's, Abraham's life I wanted to share was you will have doubts. But remember, y'all, it's important if you do have doubts, have doubts that desire God's promises so that when your faith is a little shaky, you turn to God in prayer for strength. All right? The third thing I want to share with you is that those closest to you can cause you to jump the gun. Those closest to you can cause you to jump the gun. You see your family, you, you, know, you know, God says, I got something for you. I got something, God, I'm going to bless you. I, he even shows you a vision in several dreams or whatever. And he reveals his promise to you. And all of a sudden, you, you, you get impatient. You're impatient. You're waiting. Years go by. Your, your, your first cousin graduated before you graduate. Huh? Your, your, your best friend gets married, and you're like, God, oh, you got to be kidding me. Huh? Your, 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 your neighbor uh, starts having a family, and you're like, come on, me and my husband, we've been trying hard. What's really good? And so what happens is we get impatient with God, and we jump the gun. You know what, God? I'm going to do it on my own. Let me share something with you. Let me share some scripture with you as proof, as evidence of what happens. Genesis 16, 1 through 3, we find this right here. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So, Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. First thing she was wrong about was blaming the Lord for that because, you know, he could do it when he wants to do it. You don't blame him to keep it. Maybe there's a reason behind it. Anyway, I, that's another sermon for another day. You just be patient. I'll get it to you. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal, of course. He was, like, happy, but he, you know, dumbed it down. No, nah, I don't think you sure that's right, baby. Yeah, no, 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 no. At the same time, he winking at Hagar. No, no, no. Biting his bottom <laughs> lip. Oh, no, baby. <laughs> he was ready. Yes, he, yes, he accepted and a man in here that won't accept. And it's okay with the custom? I'm not going to get in trouble? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not, honey? If, if it's going to please you, why not? So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened, watch this, y'all, 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. 10 years after he had settled there, this happened. After, after you know, 10 years after God said, leave your place, this happens. He goes and does this. Can I tell you what happened when you, when, when, when you jump gun? Watch this. I shared this last week. Failing to trust God often brings problems greater than those we originally faced. <laughs> Failing to trust God often brings problems greater than those we originally faced. Okay? Let me tell you what happens. Girlfriend got pregnant, like, right away. Right? She's a servant. Right? She's not a hired gun. She's a servant. Okay, probably traded, probably purchased, could have won in battle. We don't know. But she's a servant. Oh, she gets pregnant, and what do you think she do? She walking by. Anything you need me to do, master? Rubbing her little belly in front of Sarah. Sarah's getting jealous. So now Sarah goes and tells Abram, listen, this servant is getting all lippy with me. You need to do something about that. So now Hagar's feeling all, you know, like, yo, you know, I didn't ask for this. She asked for this. She can't, you know, she's getting all, you know, doing the neck thing and all of this stuff. So she's like, you know what? I'm a dip. What y'all going to do? When y'all ever known of a servant that can just leave? 
Hagar did. Hagar was like, deuces, I'm just going to leave. She suddenly got all of this pride in herself because she slept with her master and got pregnant right away and produced a son, which is what he wanted, and just put it all up in Sarah's face like, aha, look what I got, da 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 Got some certain airs about her. There was that issue, but that's not the issue we're going to talk about. The real issue is who Ishmael was. See, Ishmael, <laughs> because of Ishmael and his lineage, we now have what we call an Arab nation, primarily those of Islam. Wars were started because of Ishmael. I'm talking about generational curses happen because of Ishmael. Why? Because Sarah behind could not wait on God to answer what he, the promise that he gave. She got impatient, decided to let her husband get a little bit with the servant, got pregnant. The woman rubs it all in her face. Ishmael is born. And generations later, there's war going on right now with people who are direct descendants from Ishmael. What happens when you jump the gun? Well, let's make it personal. What happened when you jumped the gun? You don't have to tell your business. I already know it. What happened when you jumped the gun? Did it work out or did it get worse? Because we got patient, impatient, waiting on God. We need to wait on God. If we don't, then we often bring problems greater than we originally faced. I can go deeper into that, but I'm not going to do that because there's some juicy stuff I want to get to toward the end here. Fourth thing I want to share with you, we're rushing through this. You become a new person while you wait. You become a new person while you wait. Watch this. Genesis 17, 1 through 14. I'm going to skip through some parts, but I want to get to some meat here. When Abram was 99 years old, Remember the promise happened at 75. Here he is, 99 years old. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. He led with that. He wanted to remind him, I am God Almighty. I can do all things but fail. I helped you defeat an army when you didn't. You don't even have real soldiers. You just got trained folk, right? I, I told you to leave a land and, and go to another place. I got you there. I am God Almighty. He first let him know his authority. I can do this. Now, then he continues. I am El Shaddai. Then he says, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee you countless descendants. Now, at this, Abram fell down on his face on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant. So they do the covenant. They do the covenant, right? He says this. He says, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. A new person now. I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful, right? And he goes on, he tells them, you're going to be a foreigner in the land, but don't worry. You're going to own that land. You're going to own the land that you're a foreigner in. I'm changing your name. I'm changing your status. Where you, where you were from a family of idolatrous, I'm changing you into a ruler over many descendants. Check this out. Not only you, but I'm going to change your wife's name so that we can forget about your past because your future looks much brighter than your past. You can't be stuck in your past. You can't be stuck in what happened yesterday. You need to go somewhere else with a new name, a new image, a new title, a new identity because what I'm getting ready to do, son, is crazy. I got to make you brand new 
for while you were waiting, I was trying to just build you up so that you could be brand new. So your new name now, son, is Abraham. Your wife is now Sarah. Now go into this land that I promised you. I'm telling you, I'm going to make you a bunch of descendants. Now go. And he goes. And he goes. And in a dream, God even tells me, he says, listen, your people are going to be captive for about 400 years, but don't worry. They're going to recover and they're going to be all right. They're going to be captive. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be held and enslaved for about 400 years. But I'm going to fix that. Just so you know, I'm giving you a glimpse of even when you're gone and you're with me here in heaven, what's going to happen on earth. But I'm going to still bless it. I'm going to still bless it. But I got to change your name. You can't go into the New Testament as Abram. You need to be Abraham, a new person, somebody that I did new things with. You will be uh, evidence of how I can recreate and redo some things. He changed his name. So while you're waiting, guess what's happening? You, 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 while you're waiting, you're changing. Some of y'all, while you're waiting, by the end of your wait, you will be Mrs. Somebody. Huh? Some of y'all, while you're waiting, you'll be Dr. Somebody. Some of y'all, while you're waiting at the end of your wait, you'll be CEO somebody. Somebody will get that today. If this was a Baptist church, I'd have some amens right about now. I'm telling you, somebody would get that. I, I, don't have me say slap your neighbor and all that stuff. I don't want to be that kind of situation. Huh? That's real. At the end of your wait, you're going to be somebody different. If that ain't nothing to shout about, you need to be excited. At the end of my wait, I was Pastor Broderick, but before that, I was a minister. Huh? At the end of my wait, I was just a student learning to play percussion. But at the end of it, I became an award-winning percussionist. Come on, at the end of the wait, you become a new person. That's something to get excited about in this place. Some of y'all, at the end of your wait, you're going to be mommy somebody at the end of your wait you feel that you've been waiting in denial no god got something for you you just got to be ready for it i love what isaiah says and this is the meat i wanted to share with you it's it's juicy my wife was like i was ready to make her uh give me an offering after i shared this with her it was so delicious and good isaiah 40 31 says this but those who wait in the lord or trust in the lord will find new strength They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Y'all know I like to give y'all a little bit of Hebrew and Greek, right? Let me give you some Hebrew here. This word, wait, in the Hebrew, in this particular text means it has two meanings. It has a literal translation and a figurative translation. I want to give y'all the literal translation. The literal translation of this word called kava, right? Kava is, watch this, the word wait, the literal translation in Hebrew is this, to bind like a cord. I didn't get excited when I first read it either. I had to exegete it and study it and break it into little parts. So what I like to do is put that word in place. Watch, let me see here. Okay. So it says, but those who bind, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, That's, that, that might be something. Those who bind like a cord in the Lord will find strength. Okay, I'm getting, it's, 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 get, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. When we think about binding like a cord, don't think about binding up a bunch of sticks and tying them together. 
Let's think about how a rope is made. It's a bunch of little ropes or little strings that come together that are intertwined together, binded together to make one strong thing. About a month ago, Alex and I were leaving uh, the food pantry, and we were headed to Stevie B's to get some pizza. We noticed it was during the time when we had to do random acts of kindness. We noticed a brother in one of these big old F-750 trucks. I don't know what they're called. And he was uh, broke down. And so we decided, we know we couldn't do much, that we would at least pull over and attempt to push the brother. Now, with our own strength, we couldn't do it. So another big truck came by, right? You remember, Alex? Another big truck came by. This was like a, a, a F3 three truck came by. Three trucks, that's right. But then this one truck stopped, and it was like a F1250 or something. I don't know. And so he said, I will be back. I'm going to go to the house, right? And I'm going to get a tow uh, uh, a cord. And so, all right, cool. I'm thinking this chains. Alex is thinking he's going to go get some chains and tow his brother up to the next block. The brother comes back with what you call like this canvas thing, which looks like a seatbelt. It's a tow. It's a tow rope or something like that. And he says, "I'll tow him with this." Alex asks me. I'll never forget. He says, "Pastor B, you think he can pull that truck? Because that truck was heavy. We tried to push it, and it was. We were just stupid doing it. We just, <laughs> it didn't work." talking about several thousand pounds, this big old F-750, whatever it was, okay? So my man gets the tow thing, and it's just canvas. Looks like a seatbelt. Alex is like, Pastor B, is he going to be able to pull that thing? I says, man, that thing has enough torque. He can pull that thing all the way to Alabama without any problem. It has enough strength in there to do it. And so I explained to him, I says, what makes it stronger is when you are, it has a bunch of ropes tied together, right? And the more pressure and tension, the stronger, oh my, I feel like I'm in a Baptist church now. We're moving up. Pentecostal is about to come next. The more pressure and tension, the stronger it gets. Now, watch this. So, I'm going to go back to this word, kava, uh, like a cord. So, watch this. Watch this. Oh, man, I'm so excited about it. I couldn't wait to get to this part right here. It says, but those who wait in the Lord, those who kava in the Lord will find strength, right? When we intertwine ourselves with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we intertwine those redeemable things of our past and our current life, we find our strength. We are stronger. We can go. We can do everything. We can accomplish all that God has promised us. Watch this. Not only will we have the strength that, like when we're beaten down, not only do we have the strength to fight, but we have the strength of the wings of an eagle. Let me tell you about an eagle. This was really deep too. The eagle has no other predator. The only predator to an eagle would be a human. The eagle is the bird of all birds, has a wingspan three times the size of its body. In other words, his wings are so long he can fly faster and higher than any other bird. Watch this. That means he can overcome anything that's below him getting in his way that may get in the way of his promise, right? And then he can, God will renew our strength, Mount us up like wings with mount us up with eagles with wings, right? And then he will watch. He'll put it to the point where we're so strong that when we 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 can run and not get tired. If the enemy is coming after us, I'm gonna keep on running. I'm gonna outrun you, fool. You ain't gonna catch me. You ain't gonna catch me, baby. You ain't gonna catch me, honey. What? What? Oh, Majuki, you ain't gonna catch me. You ain't gonna catch me. Oh, you tired, devil? I'm not because God put me up like a wing, with like an eagle with wings, so I can overcome it. Then He's gonna give me strength where I can keep on running. I'm not gonna get tired. I'm like the Energizer battery. And then if I walk and I decide that I'm a little bit tired of walking and you following me, He's gonna give me. He's gonna keep me straight. Keep me on a straight and narrow path. I will walk and not get weary. I won't get tired. You're not gonna beat me. I 
can rise above you. Why? Because I'm like a rope. I'm like Kava. I'm intertwined with the Holy Spirit. You ain't going to beat me. You ain't going to beat me. This fight is fixed, homeboy. I got this. You are not going to whoop me. You are not going to whip me. But those who trust and wait in the Lord will find new strength, new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will walk and not faint. I want to share this with you. I want to share this with you in Hebrews. It's not in the notes, but I thought about it this morning. I didn't have a chance to put it in my notes there, so I'm going to share it with you. If you get a chance, read Hebrews 11, 32 through 35. This is good stuff, y'all. I'm telling you. I'm preaching good today. I think I am. Woo. Watch this. Hebrews 11. I love Hebrews because he's really trying to encourage these people to strengthen with, you know, with faith. Watch this. And we're done right here. This is it right here. 32 through 35. He says this. Now, before he says this, he go, he already is talking about Abraham. He's already talking about other people with great, with great faith in the Bible. He's already given their example. Then he goes here. He says this. How much more? After he goes through all these people, he says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. By faith, they overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice. They received what God had promised them. By faith, they shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put the whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. When I read that, I was like, that is so crazy. Why? They waited on the Lord, right? Tag that into Isaiah. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. What does it say here? Their weakness, their weakness was turned to strength. That's their new strength. These people didn't know they could fight a lion. These people didn't know they had an army that could defeat real armies. These people didn't know they had an arsenal of things until they waited on the Lord who gave them new strength. How y'all going to wait? Y'all should wait patiently using the model and example of Abraham. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you for the wait. <laughs> thank you for the wait because we realize, God, that the wait is not a waiting room where we're impatient. The wait is not a waiting room where we're distracted. The wait is not a waiting room that's dismal. The wait is a green room where we can be in a place of preparation and focus and, and, and just energizing ourselves to just do what it is you've called us to do. We understand that while we wait, as long as we're on this side of heaven, we will have doubts. But we pray that our doubts honor you, Father God, and that when our faith is shaky, when we're a little bit weary, we call upon you to renew our strength, renew our faith, Father God, because we trust you. We believe that you'll do what you said you'll do, Father God. God. We don't stand here as disbelievers, but we stand here as real believers, knowing that you will answer our prayers according to your riches and glory. So, God, today I thank you. I thank you for everybody here under the sound of my voice. I thank you, God, for a renewed strength each and every time when we want to quit, when we want to throw in the towel, when we want to just lay it down and walk around with our heads bowed.
thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.